Welcome everybody to the Kamloops Real Estate Insider Podcast. I am your host, Parker Bennett from Royal LePage Westwind Realty. And on this episode of the podcast, we are going all over the map. I just got some stuff I want to get off my chest. I got some things I want to explore. So let's just hop right into it. Our first guest is here uh, from Mortgage Alliance. Her name is Sarah Park. She's a mortgage broker right here at 820 Seymour Street in Kamloops. And uh, I know she's a busy girl. She's got a lot of stuff to do, and she's taking some time out of her day to get uh, to answer a few of my questions. So let's just jump right in. Hi, Sarah. Thank you for joining us, and uh, let's get rocking. My name is Parker Bennett, and I've spent the last 20 years helping people through the process of their largest single investment they may ever make, their home. From building inspector to real estate agent, I've chalked up a number of great experiences and strategies for everything related to the home buying experience. This podcast is dedicated to anything and everything around the Kamloops real estate market. Welcome to the Kamloops Real Estate Insider Podcast. What happened to the Bank of Canada today? Uh, The Bank of Canada did not raise up their rates, so this is a good sign. What does that mean? It's great news. That means that uh, the variable rate mortgage holders, uh, their payment will not go up, basically. Okay. So as a realtor, I'm going to tell you how I feel about that. Okay. It's like I've been waiting to go to the bathroom for a really long time, but I haven't been allowed. And then I get to go to the bathroom because I, I feel like the market, this will turn the switch on for the market. I hope so. I agree. It's a bad analogy, actually. It just I, came it's in. actually not a bad. It's not a bad analogy. I like it. I do feel like it's going to give consumers some confidence to get back out there and buy something. They're waiting to see what's going to happen. Waiting to see what's going to happen. And now that they didn't raise them up another half a point, uh, I think they're going to feel like it's a great sign. And they sort of did give that an, that sort of conceptual idea at the last meeting that they were, they were thinking that they might not need to raise the rates. Yeah, they did. And then with inflation percentages sort of coming down, we didn't think that they would. Right. But now that it's been confirmed, yeah, I think it'll be good for consumers. I think the confidence will be back. And it's spring. It's spring market. So there'll be more houses on the market to buy. Yeah. Yeah. Did they leave any sort of indicator when they're going to meet next? Is it next month? It'll be in a month. Yes. Yeah. And they're just going to wait and see. They'll just wait and see. Sort of, they'll do another analogy of you know what what inflation's doing in another month, and then make a decision. See what happens. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen? I think they're going to. I think they'll keep them the same next next round too. Do you think interest rates are going to go up though this year? No, I don't think they're going to go up. God, I hope you're right. I hope so too. And trust me, I don't have the crystal ball, so you you yeah. can't hold me to it. But uh, if I did, you wouldn't be able to have me on your podcast because I'd be you, you probably so don't, popular. You probably don't listen to my podcast regularly, but. Um, I did one, it was, uh, maybe a month ago. It was called why now's the best time in the last decade to buy a home. Okay. And I actually studied the interest rate over the course of the last 52 years. Okay. And the median interest rate over the last 52 years is 13%. Wow. How long have you been a mortgage broker? Uh, 16 years. What was the worst you've seen it? The worst I've seen it was right when I started and I bought my first house and interest rates were five and a half percent. Right. And my mentor told me that was great. And I believe that. And I I believe that that is fine. I believe that that's where we're going to be for the next 
little while. I don't believe that we're ever going to get to one and a half percent again. Not unless there's a freaking crisis going on. Unless there's some nuclear bombings, then yes, yeah. I, I don't think that's going to happen. Totally. And I don't feel like if we did get to a one percent again, think of the chaos that comes, the hangover that comes after that. Hundred like, percent. I don't want to go through that again. I I also did an analogy on like a house in Brock um, that was bought last November compared to a house in Brock that just sold last month. It was $135,000 cheaper. It was almost the exact same house. Yep. And with the difference in interest rates, it was a way better deal to buy now. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And like this is the, in the last 10 to 12 years, there's never really been a time when you can negotiate put all kinds of conditions on, do subject to sale offers. Like that stuff is very realistic right now in the market that we're in. Yeah. And um, if you're a new buyer, if, you, if you've been sitting on the fence, or let's put it this way, let's say you're not quite ready. You, you, you've been saving up money and you want to get to 25 or 30 grand down payment and you're at 18 and you think, well, I'm about a year away from saving. I feel like you need to just break into your parents' bank account or borrow money from your neighbor or do whatever you can. Because I feel like now is the best opportunity to purchase. We're at the basement of what's going to be another rise for the next 10, 12 years. I agree. I think that this is the time. I was just looking at a rental house myself. I feel like um, if interest rates do go down, prices are going to go back up. Right. Yeah. I feel like this is where it's all sort of meeting the perfect timing. Yeah, like looking at that, that stock line, it's up and down, up and down, up and down. We're down. We're in a down right now. Yeah. And if you're a buyer, that's the time to buy. If you are $10,000 away from achieving your down payment, yeah, you got to go to your grandparents or come in and see me and maybe we get you a line of credit for that amount. Totally. Maybe we do a cashback mortgage for that amount. If you're relatively close or you have some savings, this is the time. Perfect. Okay, going to change it up. Um, recent question that I had by a client, um, who was debating whether or not to bring a family member on title because they needed to bump up a little bit of, of equity in, in, in debt servicing. Yep. Um, or do I go with a cosign? Can you kind of explain the two differences? Cosigning and then, um, guaranteeing and then going on title essentially are very similar. So basically, uh, your cosigner is going to guarantee the mortgage in both scenarios. The only difference uh, is when they're just a cosigner, they don't go on title. So most lenders these days are requiring that the cosigner goes on title anyhow. Um, But we can request that, you know, if they don't want to, uh, we don't have to put them on. So there's a couple lenders who are flexible with this. In my own personal and professional opinion, I... If I'm a co-signer, I want to go on title. Yeah. I, I don't want to be just a guarantor in case uh, my daughter and her new boyfriend run off to Mexico, never come back and stop making their mortgage payments. I have no control over jumping in and taking over and Selling forcing the, the sale of that house. No, yeah. you can't do anything. You're just going to have to make the mortgage payments to save your credit. So if you're just going on as a cosign, you're only going to be financially obligated to make sure the payments get made, but you have no ability to sell the property or if someone were to die unforeseen that's on title, you don't get any benefit of that title. Like you don't, you don't become the new owner of that like in fee simple. No, yeah. nothing. Okay. It's interesting. It's a good point. Um, there's, there's this thing that I hear from time to time and it typically wraps around the idea of getting the new homeowner's grant. First time homeowners grant? Yep. Where you can bring two parties on title. One person is a 99% owner and one is a 1% owner. 
Right. And that's purely, as I understand it, but you're going to correct me, that's purely only for the tax savings of that grant. It's only, yeah, to be exempt from the property transfer tax. So um, couple goes in, buys a house he's owned before. We set him up as 1% owner. She's 99% owner. And then they're exempt from 99% of the property transfer tax. Right. And is there any sort of um, downside to that later? Let's say they get divorced, they split up, they have to sell the house. There Still hasn't been any downside to it. Yeah. No. Cool. So that's a tax tip. It's a tax tip. Uh, the only downside to it is that our government needs to raise up uh, the purchase price right. on that first-time home buyers, right? So if you spend under $500,000, you are eligible. And if you spend anything above that, you're not. So it's hard to find a house for you know $500,000 these totally. days. Yeah. yeah. And how long has that grant been going on for? Like, is it... Oh, my gosh. Years and years. Because I remember my first purchase... 99, it was there. Yeah, so I would have to look back, but it's... Like, has that 500 mark, has that ever changed that you're aware of? Not in my 16 years. It's been 500. And I never even really thought about it back then because it wasn't something that came up. Like, it was like every house... You every just, house yeah, was... No. You know, my first house was 250,000. I thought that was insane. Yeah, totally. So that's something that we need to like... We need to like bring some awareness to you to see if we can get that moved up. Yeah, we need to lobby for that. Will they do that? I don't think so. I think they're thinking, well, if you can afford a $500,000 house, you can afford to pay the property transfer tax. Yeah, well, I can remember as a real estate agent having a first-time home buyer who was buying something for five twenty-five. I was not aware that there was a cap because before that, I'd never seen anybody get capped. Right. And then all of a sudden, they were, they were capped out and they had to pay that uh, on completion day. They were surprised by a, a nice little... Yeah. Yeah. You only make that mistake once and then. Okay. So another topic that I have for you, Sarah, is, um, the idea of getting a gift letter. Okay. And so you touched upon this in a little, uh, seminar that we were just, uh, that you'd put on for us for realtors here recently. Yeah. And, uh, I thought it was a really important tip. So a buyer doesn't have quite the down payment and they're going to go to the bank of mom or dad to get, a, you know, a booster on that. Somewhere down the lines, I, I assume that the underwriter is going to want to see where that money just came out of the sky or how did that money get to you? And, uh, and they're saying, well, my mom or dad gave it to me so that I could buy a house. And there's a required letter, gift letter in that process, right? Yes. So can you kind of give some, where's the opportunity there for first time homebuyers or not even first time homebuyers, but like, let's say a lot of times those are probably children, right? Right. Like kids of... Kids of parents that have a little bit more equity in their home or cash on hand or. So you want to know about the gifting altogether. How does it work? So basically as an anti-money laundering uh, guideline, we have to show where all of the money comes from for down payments. We have to make right. sure that, you know, they're not drug dealers and it's not cash coming from under their mattress. So if they're getting 50,000 from their parents, their parents have to sign a gift letter stating we're gifting them this money. They don't have to repay it. It's not a loan. And then we have to show a bank statement uh, for the clients, showing the $50,000 going into their account. Gotcha. So the parents, I mean, they can take it from anywhere that they like. They could take it off their line of credit. They could take it off their Visa card. Um, as long as they put it into the bank, we don't check where they got it from. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's a really interesting point right there, right? Because there's debt associated with that gift, maybe. Maybe. Right? But it's just as long as it's disconnected from the actual person who's making mortgage payments. Yes, exactly. Then it's clean debt. Yeah, the grandma could go out and get a loan for 50000 and then gift it to the kids. Right. Yeah. Do you ever see then the parent wanting to come on title just to 
Or would that indicate that they actually have a financial? Uh, like, it's not much of a gift if, if I'm. Yeah, if they're going on title, basically, then we have to show where the money comes from. Okay. Because, yeah. but yeah, I've seen a lot of, I've suggested a lot of times where it's, you know, a couple hundred thousand, um, newly couple, and then the one parents are giving the 200,000, they will write something up at the lawyer's office. Okay, cool. Yeah. Sweet. That's a really important tip right now, especially for, like I said, first time home buyers or people that can't quite get into the market. Because I feel like now is the time to get into the market. Definitely. This is a great time to get in the market. Definitely. Sarah, thanks for joining me. I won't keep you. I know thanks you're a busy gal. Me. Talk to you soon. Okay. Hey, thanks for listening to the Kamloops Real Estate Insider Podcast. Subscribe wherever you listen to get new episodes delivered right to your feed. And we want to hear from you. Send comments and questions to parker at royallepage.ca or reach out on Instagram at pbrealestater. Estater.